We have been teaching on the Ministry of Helps for the last uh, few Wednesdays, or a couple Wednesdays, so let's continue down that line. We're going to go just a little bit of a different direction. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, the 28th verse. Actually, let's go to the first verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. We'll start there. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you <coughs> ignorant. And uh, as he is speaking about spiritual gifts, uh, gifts in your Bible would be italicized. Uh, usually, and that's because that has been added to give you a better sense or better understanding of what he is talking about. However, in this particular situation, uh, I'm not sure that gifts helps us uh, because the reality is what he's saying is things of and pertaining to the Spirit. In other words, spiritual matters. He said, I would not have you unaware or I would not have you ignorant. He said, there's, there's a way the spiritual things work. And so if you would skip to uh, verse 18, he says, But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it has pleased him. <clears throat> verse 19, And if they were all one member, where uh, were the body? But now are they many members, but yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. <clears throat> Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think are less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, uh, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Uh, for our comely parts have no need, but God have tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which has lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it, one member be honored, then all the members will rejoice with it. So <clears throat> as he is detailing the power of the body and the understanding of the body of Christ. How many of you know the Bible says Jesus has become the head? And as Jesus has become the head, you are now the body. And as we are all the body of Christ, we collectively represent Christ. And he's saying that spiritual matters work in such a way that every one of you has a part. And you can't look at one part and say, well, that part is not as important as the other, or this part is more important than the other, because the truth of the matter is, we all have a different part, we all have a different role. And we kind of use the analogy of, if your mind, if your eyes saw something across the room, you're not going to be able to cause that thing to levitate towards you. You're going to have to notify your feet, and your feet are going to have to respond and help you get over there to it, your hands are going to have to then reach for it. There, there's all parts of the body that work together in a unison where there is no schism. Uh, there is no uh, divide. There is no friction, if you will. Uh, your feet, I assure you, has never argued with you when you woke up and said, let's go. They just respond when you want them to. And so there's no schism. 
And so understanding how spiritual matters work, people oftentimes do not realize how they're dealing with different parts of the body. In other words, how they are dealing with their brother and sister uh, in Christ, how they're dealing with people who are all a part of the same body. This is why when uh, Corinthians, he says, for this cause, many are sick, or he says, many are weak, sick, and die. In other words, not discerning the Lord's body, not discerning uh, how you affect the body of Christ, how you affect your fellow believers, how you affect people that are all a part of the same body, they're the same members, uh, they may have different responsibilities, they may have different roles, but they're all a part of the same organization. And so this is where, uh, in verse 20, where are we at? 26, 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set what? Some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts to healings, helps, governments, and diversity of tongues. And then he goes on to say, are all apostles. So what he does is he, just for the sake of time, what he does is he takes an analogy of these are all parts of the body, the natural parts of the body. He says, and then he goes in to say, okay, now that I got you to understand how the natural parts of the body work, let me help you understand how the spiritual parts of the body work. Because they're all the same. In other words, helps is important just as prophets, just as pastors, just as teachers. And people think that because I'm in the ministry helps, maybe I work in the kids, maybe I work in security, maybe I work, you know, in, in the, you know, on the stage with the praise and worship. They think that somehow these positions are less important and less anointed. When the reality is, if there's an anointing to be a prophet, then there's an anointing to be in a ministry helps. And we have to realize that it's our part to play. In other words, it's not an option. Uh, God decided where he puts you. God decided how he gifted you. And he puts you in a place to play a part. And to play that role is not optional. Uh, it's, it's your responsibility. It's your requirement. And so he goes on to break that down. And if we go back to 18, put in the Amplified. Verse 18 in the Amplified. <clears throat> it says, But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as He wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. Meaning, <clears throat> you didn't choose the gift that God gave you. God chose it. You didn't choose where He put you where he placed you, the church he puts you in, you don't choose those things, God does. And I'm often amazed at how many times people can become offended and jump from church to church as if it was their decision. When what happens is they lose their joining. And that's what we're talking about. Because remember, we talked about the invitation. And the invitation is one thing, but understanding joinings is another. And God will bring you to certain parts and certain places uh, for a particular reason. So let's look at Luke 15. We'll start in verse 11. Luke 15, 11. We'll put that in the King James. And he said, a certain man had two sons. Now, <clears throat> this is in red, so who's speaking? And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth unto me, and he divided unto 
What? Who asked for it? The one son. And so the father divided it to both sons. And I think sometimes people miss that. Um, he divided unto them his living. And many days the young gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have feigned to have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger? And we know the rest of the story. He returns home, prodigal son. Uh, his father receives him back in. And a lot of times people make that really about the son who returned and never put any emphasis on the son who stayed. And the son who stayed begins to complain that you've never given me anything when the reality is he gave both of them the same thing. The reason why the son who stayed did well is because he stayed with his joining. And people never understand that. He stayed with where he was supposed to be. And he did well, he prospered, and he uh, unfortunately began to take that for granted. But the Bible says that the, the younger one went and joined himself, uh, in verse 15, to a citizen of that country. If you could put that in the Amplified. I want you to pay very close attention how the Amplified says it. So he went and forced, glued himself upon one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed hogs. <clears throat> A lot of times what people don't understand is God don't give you what you want. He gives you what you need. And to step out of your joinings is to then to force yourself into some place where you don't belong. And it says he glued himself to a citizen of that country. And all that brought him was despair. And, and can I tell you something? I have seen this so many times with people who were anointed. They had a call in their life. I watched them grow. They meet some knucklehead. Uh, they meet some girl who is off the charts. And they get nose wide open and sacrifice their call. And walk away from their supply, never realizing that they have just joined themselves and glued themselves to what will bring destruction and despair into their life. And a lot of times it comes so slow <laughs> that people don't catch it. They're like, oh, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. You know, you know, everything looks bad from everybody else, right? <laughs> oh, no, everything's great and wonderful. Are you sure about that? Because you have joined yourself and now you have stepped out of the joining that had a supply for you. And now you're in a place where you don't belong trying to feed yourself with, with pig food. And no man is reaching out to you because you're outside of your joining. See, God has joinings for all of us. You know, there, there are, uh, I used to really, if I could do a, you know, a transparent moment 
I used to really get bent out of shape when people rejected me. I really did. I would go to ministry conferences. My wife will tell you, we go places. And I'm like, why do it does just seem like people don't really like take to me? And I try to be nice. I do things to help. I, 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 I sow seed. I mean, I, I do all the things that I believe I'm supposed to do. Yet and still, I can't seem to get in response what it is I give out. And I began to learn something. It's all about joinings. There are places I don't fit. I'm not mad at them. I'm not uh, 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 judging what they do, what they believe, what they teach. But it's interesting how as time has gone on, I have watched uh, different places that I was not seemingly able to connect to fail. And I begin to realize it wasn't anything to do with me. It wasn't my joinings. It wasn't the place where I fit. See, when you think about a kid from South Philadelphia who's connected to a spiritual parents from Pawnee, Oklahoma, <laughs> you have to wonder to yourself, there is no possible way. I did not concoct that in my head. I didn't ask for it. I never thought it was possible. It didn't make sense to me. But the truth of the matter is, where I know my joining, there's prosperity. In other words, a lot of times people wonder, well, how do you do all of this and how does all of this happen? And, and let's make sure we are very, very clear that it has everything to do with God. And I thank God that he gave me a joining, a connection, a divine relationship to someone who's already walking it. Because then it's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to see it. There have been times where I'm like, you know, Dad, I just want to come out there and I just want to drive around with you. I want to see the businesses. I want to see the hotel. I want to see, I want to see all the different pieces. I just want to catch the vision. Because if I, the truth of the matter is, if I can see it, I can get it done. And so learning where I'm positioned is more important to me than anything. Yet I watch how, remember he said, these are spiritual matters. He said, I would not have you ignorant. In other words, let me teach you what you ought to know, because if you don't get this, you will find yourself joining yourself to things, to people, to places that have nothing for you. And you won't know until you are sitting there eating the hog's food. And the only thing at that point we can pray for you is verse 16. He would gladly have fed on and filled his belly with the carapods that the hogs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger, and nobody gave him anything better than that. I'm sorry, verse 17. Then when he came to himself. You know, <clears throat> one of the things I've learned is people want to go off the cliff. They do. And I'm always amazed at how powerful their conviction is to go off the cliff. And the problem is, until you have gone off the cliff, until you have eaten, bo or, you know, have eaten the carapods and eaten bottom, 
until you have hit that place where you realize there is nothing here anymore, that's the spot where people usually come to themselves. And many times as believers, we, especially parents, we deal with people trying to help them avoid hitting bottom. But the truth of the matter is, some of my greatest education came when I hit bottom. Some of the greatest life experiences and things that I've learned happened when there was no other way. And I'm literally about to eat the, the pig's food. Realizing that my servant, the servants of my father, are eating better than I am. That, that literally people who are not in covenant, who are not blood bought, are doing better than I am. Because they actually understood their joining. So, so what you're telling me is, you got to catch this. So what you're telling me is that as I serve the master, I can eat as the master. And I can eat better than his blood son who has left the master. And I'm not even blood. So the only thing that could keep me preserved in that way would have to be the joining. It would have to be what connected me in the first place. And so he says, you know, I came to myself and I'm like, why in the world would I keep doing this? You know what? The word uh, joined is kaleo with a K. That's where we get collaborate or collabo from. It means to cooperate. It means to glue. It means to join. It means to connect. You have to be very, very careful what you unite yourself to and who you unite yourself with. Because you have to be aware, keenly aware, that God will put you in certain places and connect you to certain people Because there's something they have that you're going to need. It's the way it works. And so in that, we have to begin to see, you can't join yourself anywhere. This is why the Bible says with a husband and wife, whoever, uh, uh, whatever people have put themselves together, let no man separate. Why? Because once they've joined, they become one flesh. And you have to realize that once that happens, there's a glue. There's supposed to be a uniting that occurs that keeps out everything else because that's where my strength, that's where my health, that's where my supply, it all comes from there. Right. <laughs> Let's go to First Kings 19. We probably read this a hundred times. So Elijah left there, found Elisha, son of Saphath, who was plowing and was, done, uh, was being done with 12 yoke of oxen. And he drove the 12th. Elijah crossed over to him and cast his mantle upon him. He left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Lo, let me kiss my uh, mother and father, and then I will follow you. And he, testing Elijah, I'm reading out of the Amplified Classic, said, Go on back. What have I done to you? And then he says, Settle it for your Self. So Elijah went back from him. He took 
a yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh with the oxen's yoke as fuel, and gave to the people. They ate, he arose, and followed after Elijah, and he did what? Served him. He, he said, listen, you're going to have to settle it for yourself. Because nobody's going to pull you. <laughs> nobody's going to push you. Nobody's going to keep sending you reminders. You got to decide for yourself. And the first thing he did was he went back and said, okay, I'm going to boil my yoke of my oxen. And I'm going to use the yoke that I pull them with as fuel. So that when we have celebrated and are done, there ain't nothing left. And now it's time to go on. And I'm telling you this. The, see, what people don't understand is the invitation is the key to prosperity. But staying in the joining is the key to longevity. See, this is, this is why in uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were going from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The prophet's sons who were at Bethel came to Elijah and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I'm getting real tired, so I'm just going to hang out here and wait for you to come back. <laughs> Isn't it something how he said, I will not unjoin. <laughs> In other words, I'm going where you go. I'm staying with you. And wherever you go, I'm going. And with that understanding, he received. Because he said, okay, you have learned how to follow. You've learned how to stay connected. What do you want? Elisha said, I want a double portion of what's on you. He said, oh, you've asked a hard thing. He said, but if you're here, if you're connected. See, I used to have, particularly in business, I used to have a thing that I had to get over. And it was my desire that people who started with me were the same people who finished with me. And, and I want you to understand my heart behind that. I felt like, listen, if you fought with me when we had nothing, then I want you to live with me when we have everything. Right? And so I've always had a, a level of loyalty that I wanted the people who fought beside me to make it to where they can benefit from whatever it is that we've built. And the Lord spoke to me about this. And he said, listen, you ever notice that if a building gets a remodel, he said they put up scaffolding. They do the remodel. They do the painting. They do all the work they're going to do. He said, but have you ever noticed that the scaffolding doesn't stay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> He's like, because scaffolding is only there for a season or a reason. And, and don't get me wrong. In my heart of hearts, I still want people to make it. I really do. But I've learned that not everybody will. And as hard as as painful as that is, 
I have learned that all I can control is me staying joined. Because I'm going to make it. <laughs> are, are you understand what I'm saying? So I had this minister call me uh, years ago. And uh, this is when uh, Dr. Ricky was running for mayor. And somehow, I think I shared the post. And he reached out to me and said, um, now that your spiritual father is running for mayor, you know, why don't you come and join or connect with me? And I'll be your spiritual father. I'm like, dude, pump your brakes. I said, why would that be necessary? I said, if he goes to the moon, he's still my spiritual father. It doesn't matter where he, what he does. If he decides to run for mayor, I, I didn't hear, I don't know that I heard him say he's abandoning the call and walking away from God because he's running for mayor. He owned like five or six businesses at that time. So I'm like, why would that even be a discussion? But what it, what it showed me was not everybody understands joinings. Because here's what I'm thinking. You are not further along than me. So why would I come and join to a citizen of a country that the only thing you can offer me is to go feed your pigs? See, God spent the time and the effort to speak to all these different people, move all these different things, to connect me to a certain... So now I'm joined. And I see the fruit of it. So what makes you think you can call me and ask me that kind of crazy question? We shut that all the way down. Because as my soul liveth. This is what he was saying. He said, listen, as my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, when I get mad, I'm still here. <laughs> when I'm happy, I'm still joined and connected. Long as God is God, I'm where I'm going to be. And because of that, there's a divine supply. And it comes through understanding your connections, your joinings, and realizing what that brings for you. So many people are too concerned about what they bring. Well, you know, I, I do this and I do that and I do this tirelessly and I'm day and night. Listen, then didn't stop. Because you're going to have to settle it for yourself. <laughs> are, are you with me? You're going to have to get to the place where you understand, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you settle it for yourself. I am amazed at how many people will allow themselves to get disconnected. Life starts slipping. Things start changing. Problems start happening. And then they want to call me. They want to reach out to me. They want to Facebook me. Hey, Pastor, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> if it got any better, need to be two of me to handle it all. What can I do for you? Well, you know, I was thinking, I know what you was thinking. Come on. <laughs> but you've lost pace. You've lost steps. So now you're going to have to play catch up. When if you stay joined. <laughs> See... <laughs> When, <laughs> okay, yeah, hallelujah. <clears throat> Look at verse um, 3 and 4 again. Put in the easy read. 
please. The group of prophets at where? Came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? Elisha said, yes, I know it. Don't talk about it. Verse 4. Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here because the Lord told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha said, I promise as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two men went where? Go back to verse 3. The group of prophets at Bethel. Where were they joined? At Bethel. Why are they bothering him? When they watched, okay, we got time, I hope. (laughs) Let's go to verse, um, blessed be God forevermore. Let's go to verse 10. Elijah said, you have asked the hard thing. He's asking for a double portion. He said, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it will happen. But if you don't see me when I'm taken from you, it will not happen. Can you imagine serving for 17 years and it comes down to the moment where you're about to get what it is you've been serving for? And he says, if you're not here when I'm gone, (laughs) all that was a waste. Can you imagine all that we've done for God to disconnect from the supply he's given us negates everything? What's the point? Because, see, a lot of people think you can just start. The race don't go to the ones who start. Everybody starts. But not everybody finishes. And so watch what he says to him. Verse 11. Elijah and Elisha were walking and talking. Suddenly there came horses and a chariot came and separated Elijah and Elisha. And the horses and chariot were like fire. Then Elijah was carried up into the heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw it and shouted, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horses. Elisha never saw Elijah again. Elisha grabbed his own clothes and tore them in two to show his sadness. Elijah's coat had fallen to the ground, so Elisha picked it up. He went back and stood at the edge of the Jordan River. He hit the water and said, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Just as Elisha hit the water, the water separated to the right and to the left, and Elisha crossed over the river. When the group of prophets at Jericho saw, they said, Elijah's spirit is now on Elisha, and they came to meet him. And they bowed very low to the ground before him. Here's the question. When he went to smite the waters, and they, they're watching this, and the water split, and he walked over on dry ground. They're watching it, yes? So why didn't they get a double portion? They weren't joined. <laughs> See, it, it, it's, people give very low value to their joinings. To their connections. If God chose as he saw fit. Where you had the best adaptation. That you would get the best results for your life. What makes you think you have a choice? I know this is tough y'all. But it's true. And because we have gone into secular society of today. Where you have so many choices. 
of what you can do. I remember, you know, coming up, there was Sunday Blue Laws. On Sunday, you could not buy alcohol. So guess what pretty much everybody did? You went to church. (laughs) For real. You went to church. Ain't nothing else open. There's no competition. You either went to church or you went to church. Nowadays, because of the abundance of choices, people have learned that if I don't like this, I'll just go do and it's a, it's a modern day thinking because it, it doesn't make any sense to believe that God would place you where he saw foot. And then, but you get to change that. It's not as it pleased you. It was as it pleased him. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> Matthew 10, verse 40. Matthew 10, verse 40. Look at somebody next to you. Tell them joinings. He that receiveth you receiveth me. He that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet. We know name is the word nomo. In the Hebrew, it means character, rank, and authority. So he that receives a prophet in the character in the rank and the authority of a prophet shall receive the reward that comes from a prophet, the prophet's reward. He to receive the righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive what? A righteous man's reward. Keep going. And whosoever shall give to drink unto, or give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water, only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall no wise lose his reward. He goes from receiving the office of a prophet to then saying, if you serve in any way, you brought a cup of water. He said, you in no wise lose your reward. Now, I I think it would have been interesting to say, if you grow up and become a prophet, then you'll get a reward. But he doesn't say anything like that. He says, if you even just gave a cup of water, if you just served on the platform, if you just worked with the kids, if you just greeted at the door, whatever you did to assist the purpose, the plan, and the call, you in no wise lose your reward. He relegated that down to a cup of water. Listen to me. Something that didn't belong to them. It belonged to him. The earth is the Lord's and the the cattle that all of it belongs to. So basically he's saying, I'm going to give you what you can give. And if you would just give it, you would no wise lose your He's that concerned about what you do and the supply you bring that he takes it down to just a mere deal about water. 
See, your, your salvation is never about what you do. You can't earn salvation. It's a free gift. It's your faith and belief in Jesus that he is, in fact, the Son of God, right? And that he died for you, that he rose for you, and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. That's what causes your salvation. But how many of you understand your reward is tied to your obedience? And I'm sad to help some people understand that when you get to heaven, I hope you're looking for some rewards. Because some people are going to be very, very shocked that there's nothing there. Because they are too good to even bring a cup of water. They don't understand their joinings. They don't understand their divine (laughs) connections. See, for him to say just a cup of water, people don't understand. When the Bible says that they that honor me, I will honor. Right? And them that lightly esteem me, I will. So the question becomes, if he's so concerned all the way down to a cup of water, then God's projects and assignments are important to him. So when you say things like, oh, all I'm doing is greeting today, I'll just call out. He took from a prophet down to a glass of water. And you think your service to God Oh, all I do is I work in a sound. I mean, all I do is I work with the kids. Somebody else will pick it up. And you think the assignments that are given to you somehow are trivial because you don't think. Yet and still, he's talking about a glass of water. And people don't understand that if a project is assigned, then it is very much spiritual. Now hear me. It's very much spiritual, and therefore it is eternal. Being a greeter at the door is just as much spiritual and eternal as it is taking care of our babies, our little chitlins out there, is just as eternal. Because it was God assigned. And he said, if you just brought a cup of water, you will in no wise lose your reward. We have got to learn the value of God's assignments, God's purposes, God's plans, the things that he's doing, and realize that no matter what the part is that I play, it is not a temporal thing. It's an eternal thing. I get to make a difference. There are people that have sown and sown and sown and sown into children, into different places, that there are things in your life that have been moved out the way by God because you have been committed to the assignment. You understand this is where I'm joined. And now because Because you are in your joint where you are supposed to be, you see things that will change that never would have changed before. And then you get in front, you get up and you see somebody and you're like, you know, how come you don't serve? How come you get involved? Oh, I'm just busy. You know, I'm I'm trying to work through it. Maybe I'll make some time and I'll get there. And you're thinking to yourself, do you not understand? 
that as long as you stay busy, you will stay busy. But what I have learned is if I would give it to him, if I would put him first, if I would recognize his assignment means something, his direction means something. When a pastor says, I would like you to help me with this, he's given you an invitation to partake in the joining. He's given you an opportunity to connect with the anointing because the same anointing that takes care of my house is the same anointing that will take care of yours. The same thing that God will do for me is the same thing he will do for you because my position may be be different but my assignment is the same as yours we are going the same place doing the same things that's why he says we are all a part of the body there is no reason why I should be able to think in my head and see where we're going and start talking to the feet this is where we're going let's start moving and the feet go yeah um not this Sunday that shows they don't regard the assignment they don't understand their connection. They don't understand what is really at stake. Because God's not real to them. And that's why he said, those that despise me, he said, I'll lightly esteem. Because see, when you lightly esteem what God asks you to do, I've had times where coming up in the ministry, my pastor will say something like, you know, this Saturday, right? Church is on. He'll say Saturday, 5 o'clock. You know, it really would be cool to have this demonstration, this video, whatever it was. And I'd say, okay. And I call his son and I say, who's getting the donuts and who's getting the coffee? Because we pulling an all nighter. And when Sunday morning service started, what he asked for was sitting there. We tired. <laughs> we putting toothpicks in our <laughs> But we just, you know, you know how it is. You get hyped up on coffee. I'm not a monster drink person. So he would, he would do the monster drinks. I'd do the coffee. Because I'm just not a fan of monster drinks. And if you knew what was in them, you'd knock it off too. But... That's a whole other issue. <laughs> My point is, though, when you value your joinings and you understand you reap what you sow. And this is why today, if I say I'm looking for something, if it's a video and I talk to the media team, Chase will be up all night long if he has to. He doesn't know that that's the seed I've sown. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? When, when, when you begin to recognize your divine connections, your divine joinings, where God puts you, he puts you there, not... Look, look at uh, <laughs> 1 Corinthians uh, 12. First Corinthians 12, verse 18, in the message. Message lumps a lot of scriptures together, so let's find 18. 
Keep going. There it is, at the very end. As it is, we see that God has... Why would God have to be careful? This is God. And more importantly, my question is, why is he so much more careful about where he joined you than you are? (laughs) Message. You ought to be thankful for the joining. Put uh, verse 18 in the easy read, please. If each part of the body were the same part, there would be no body. But as it is, God put these parts in a body as he wanted them, and he made a place for each. You mean to tell me that God actually not only put you where he wanted you, but he made a place for you? And when he made the place for you, there's no other place for you. (laughs) Let's say it again. When he made the place for you, where else could you possibly be? Now, now catch where I'm going, because I'm I'm leading you. I'm leading you into something. If you don't know it, I'm. I'm, Yeah, hold on. (laughs) Buckle up and hold on. Psalm 68. Verse 6. Psalm 68, verse 6. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains. But the rebellious dwell in a dry land eating pig's food. (laughs) Now, look at at Psalms 127, verse 1. Psalms 127, verse 1. Except the Lord build the... That word house is the same word family. Now, I want you to pay very close attention to where I'm going. Except the Lord build the... They labor in vain to build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Keep going. It is vain for you to rise up early, sit up late, eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. One translation says he gives you, he gives to you in your sleep. In other words, while you sleep. Soundly. No insomnia. insomnia. Being blessed while you sleep. Y- y'all ain't excited enough about that. Verse 3, watch this. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. Hold on. I thought we was building a house. What house do you build with children? Huh? No, don't we build like houses? You know, with doors and windows. We put our kids in the window and they become the window. You lay your foundation to your physical home with your kids. So he's not talking about a house. He's talking about a system. 
of inheritance. When you say the house of David, the house of Saul, you're not talking about just the physical place where David stays. You're talking about the entire system that surrounds David's life. And he said, except the Lord build the system you are functioning in, you are doing it for no reason. And then he talks about children. Verse 3. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of thy womb is his reward. In other words, now he's talking about an inheritance. He's not talking about your physical house. He's talking about the system. Keep going. As arrows are in hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is a man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. All of 127 is five verses long. And it's talking about building a system and building a house and building a family and building something that's very much bigger than just a physical home, right? So let's go back to Psalm 68, verse 6. God setteth the solitary in a system. God joined the solitary in a system. He chose where to put you so that you would come out of what bound you. There's nothing wrong with different ministries in different places. That's wonderful. You just got to know where you're joined. Because wherever you're joined, that's what's supposed to bring you out of the bondage you were in. So now what God does is he carefully says, okay, I made her. I know what she's going to go through. So I know where I got to put her. I got to put her in this particular system because this system, by the time I'm done with her working through this system, she's going to come out of chains. See, I know what he struggles with. So I had to move him and connect him to a system that's specific to him. It might irritate him. It might rub him wrong. But by the time I'm done, I will have transformed him into what I have called him to be. So I brought him and joined him to the system that worked for him, that was most compatible for him, that had the supply for her, that literally brought her out of nowhere and brought her into a system so she could prosper, so that she could grow, so that she could have the very things and be healed and whole. And I put her in a place that meets her. Because I took the solitary. The ones on their own. The ones feel like they had it all figured out. See, you ain't been around God long enough if you haven't come to the conclusion that you had it all figured out. You surely did. You was walking in whatever you thought. You had it all figured out. And then, bam! God goes, ha, ha, ha! Your plan ain't my plan. And he moves your solitary, crazy self into a system and he divinely joins you to someone who is equally crazy because <laughs> he said I'm going to need crazy <laughs> to deal with <laughs> uh, oh, oh you're struggling why, why do you think Paul was the only person that could deal with Nero 
Paul was stone cold. He said, I'm sending you to Nero. And if you study his life, you'll see how he got to Nero. (laughs) And witnessed before Nero. Who was crazy. (laughs) But see, you needed somebody bad to stand before somebody crazy. You got to be stone cold to write a letter knowing you're about to die. Encouraging your son in the faith. You got to see where God puts you. Because otherwise, you're eating husks. It's like, it's like you, you, you know, and, and here's what people do. They'll sit in a church. They know it's not theirs. They know it ain't the same. They know Because you know mama's cooking, right? Because you, you know, your mama might not be able to cook. <laughs> but you think she can. Because it's what you grew up on. And so it's a whole different ball game when you take something, you know what I mean, like mac and cheese. You can't eat everybody's mac and cheese. You, you just can't. Some people do some crazy stuff. You'd be like, this ain't mac and cheese. What is this? Listen, it's just according to where you grew up and what you're used to. But see, there's something about mama's cooking, right? So you'll have people, they'll sit, they'll, they'll, they'll get mad and they'll go to another church and sit there. They know it ain't speaking to them. But then pride sets in. Well, I ain't going back. We know. So enjoy your pig husks. (laughs) I wish y'all would hear me. Happens all the time. And then here's what Satan will do. You know they're not going to. They don't want you back anyway. (laughs) They're so glad you left. Lies. Lies. Then Then you're buying into it. And next thing you know, you've joined yourself. See, <clears throat> this is why when the Bible talks about when you have people come in whose faith is not strong yet, they're not built up. You said you receive them, but you don't argue over their disputations and their arguments. Right? Because what does the Bible tell you? Don't move your father's landmarks. See, when you come into a system, you don't know nothing about the system. You got to be taught. But what people will do is they'll come into a system, think they have an opinion, and start wanting to tell you how the system's supposed to work. You just got here. My job is to teach you this system. So that when you are fighting for your life, when all hell has broken loose against you, you know how to respond. But you want to bring doubtful disputations because you're thinking like the world thinks. That's why I said I would not have you ignorant. Spiritual matters work different than worldly matters. Worldly matters, you can take a job wherever you want to take a job. You can buy a house wherever you want to live. But when you're in the system, do you think David's system stopped when he was on the road? Do you think he had to go back to his house? It's a system. Wherever he is, the system is there. Long as he's connected, what he's supposed to do. What I'm trying to get you to understand is the job don't matter, where you live don't matter, long as you are connected. And I mean connected and joined. And as long as you're joined, then you experience the benefits wherever you go because you are a part of a. 
And God took the point to purposely place you. Watch this, Ephesians 4. I got five minutes and y'all slowing me down. I'm teasing. Ephesians 4, verse 15. We're getting it, aren't we? But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the even, keep going, from whom the whole body, what? Joined together and by that which every, so hold on. Can we put that in the Amplified? Verse 15. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly. Enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way, in all things, into him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. For because of him, the whole body, the church, in all of its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments, with which it is when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly in all its functions grows to full maturity building itself up in every part when it's operating properly there are various joints when you connect to your joint Look at somebody and say, thank God I know where my joint is. Not a joint. <laughs> my joint. <laughs> Some of y'all, boy. <laughs> y'all only saved on Wednesday night and Sunday. So, <laughs> so if I understand that the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied then that means I get a supply when I'm plugged into my joint. And my supply, now, when each part with power adapted to its need is working properly. That sounds strangely familiar, doesn't it? To everybody has a part. The eye can't say to the hand that there be no schism. In the body, because what does the schism do? It causes you to be disconnected from your joint. I remember I was playing football, and I caught it the wrong way, and it bent my finger out of joint. You ever had that happen? Son, you want to talk about pain. And you know what I did? I've reacted so fast. I I really didn't think this through. (laughs) I just pulled my finger, and it snapped and popped back in the place that hurt (laughs) more (laughs) I should have (laughs) just I'd have been walking around today with my finger pointing all different kinds of directions but it hurt but how many of you understand that I couldn't live disjointed because once you become disjointed people can see that people don't understand you are supplied by your joint. There's a power. There's an ability. There's a grace that God has given you because you understand your part. You understand where it is you fit. 
you understand who it is you are connected to. I remember um, a minister, I don't want to say the name, because I'm pretty sure he's told this story publicly, but just in the event that he hasn't. He said he was, he sowed some seed into a ministry that was going under. They were struggling really bad. And so he did them a solid. He made a sizable investment into that ministry. He said, and it was maybe, I don't know, he said months or a year later, the Lord reminded him of that. And the Lord said, where's your harvest off of that? And he said, you know what? I have no idea. So he made the call and to find out how things were going. Ministry's still struggling. And they're asking for more. They're like, you know, if you could just help us with a little bit more. And the Lord literally quickened him and said, don't do that. And so he said, well, let me, you know, you know the, the official Christianese, right? Let me pray about it. <laughs> Which is the no. <laughs> um, it's like, you know, in sales when they say, I got to talk to my wife. That's the universal, I don't talk to you, so I just use somebody else because I'm not, you know, man enough to just say no. But anyway, so in that situation, the Lord said, why would you plant more seed into a place that hasn't supplied a harvest? If you are a natural farmer and you're farming a plot of land and you find that this plot doesn't produce... He said, why would you put more seed in there? He says, something must be wrong. Now listen to me. This is God talking to him about another ministry. Wasn't his joining. See, and we have to be careful. Because if you don't know where you fit, you at least better know where you're connected. Because where you fit comes later. (laughs) Hebrews 13, verse 17. So people think to themselves, you know, I serve, I do all this, and I bring this, and I do that, and I'm up all night long, and I don't know, you know how people get, right? They like Elijah. Nobody's serving but me. I'm doing everything. Nobody appreciates me. That's why Elijah just said, settle it for yourself. Because we're not going to be here to keep reconvincing you of what it is you are doing. If, if you know what you're supposed to do and God's leading you and you've been asked, then you, and if you want to do it, then do it. But don't complain about it all the way through. I cannot stand. Let me tell you one of my pet peeves. You ready? I hate saying what my pet peeves are because then I see them and I got to walk in love. So <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is when I ask somebody to do something and they tell me how hard it is. And then they call me. Um, so I did this part, and this, and this person called me, and this person told me no. So I was talking to him. I'm like, look, you know, no is not acceptable. We need to do this. And they start taking me through the whole thing to tell me how hard and difficult it was. I don't care. I just don't. 
Because it doesn't matter how difficult it is. If it was easy, everybody would do it. (laughs) The reason why I asked you to do it is because I don't have the time to do it. And when you need help, I don't want to hear how bad it was and how hard it was. Oh, my God, Pastor, you have no idea what I had to go through and how many people I had to call. Settle for yourself. We going to serve God or not? What are we doing? Are, are we looking for something? Because here's what happens. Watch what he says. Obey them to have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch over your... As they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For if they had to do it with grief, it's unprofitable for them. People have no idea. The invitation and the joining is not for me, it's for you. They think, well, you know, you just want something from me. But whatever. The joining is not for me. The invitation, it ain't for you. My joining, my invitation is for me. (laughs) But your invitation and your joining is a supply for you. And it never fails. Anyone who's ever been in any type of, uh, you know, spiritual guidance with me, particularly if I don't know them that well, when they say, can you pray for me? The first thing I'll ask them is, am I your pastor? You know what I'm really asking them? Am I your joint? Because I can't pray in an area I don't have authority in. I'm telling you, this is one of the reasons why the body of Christ runs into so many faith failures. And then they're blaming God like God ain't real. Because they're not being led. You can't, you don't have authority in places you, you, you see people all the time. Please pray for me or please pray for so-and-so. And they'll put it up in different social media places. And it's like, I don't even know so-and-so. Where in the Bible does it say the more people you get praying for you, the greater God moves for you? I don't recall that. I recall that if I have a relationship with God, that I can come to him as my daddy, and I can ask, and as long as I ask in line with his word, I shall have. Right? So if I had 10,000 people praying for me, or one, is God moved because of volume? Why do people do that? See, and then they wonder when faith failures happen, then they think, oh, God ignored me. God doesn't love me. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with if you come to me and ask me to pray for you, and God hasn't told me to. I remember one time I, I, I was asked to go to the hospital uh, to pray for somebody. And I, um, now I won't do this, but then I did. And when I got there, the Lord said, this person's not going to make it. So now I'm sitting there thinking, okay, now what am I going to do? Because I have the word from the Lord on it. But what do I do with that? Because, you know, family standing around, people are like, you know, everybody's, everybody's spectating now. They're like, oh, yeah, man of God, what you going to do now? I'm thinking to myself, nothing. Because the Lord has already told me. So, I, you know, I did some generic, you know, I got by. <laughs> And the Lord told me then, he said, this is why people have faith failures. I didn't tell you to go. 
Now, there are times where he will tell me to go. There's times when he'll tell me to send somebody. There's times where he'll tell me not to go. So, recent, not recently, but within the last few years, this is a while ago, the last few years, uh, someone had called me and said some, a member of their family was in a hospital, and I don't know this person. I know the person who called me, but I don't know the member of the family. And I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't go. I said, the reasons why is, number one, I don't have an unction. Number two, I don't know them. I don't know what they believe. I don't know what they're asking, believing God for. I have no understanding of that person. Therefore, I have no authority. And I don't have a leading. Now, again, if I had a leading, I would go. Whether I knew him or didn't know him. Are you, are you understand what I'm saying? If God told me, you go in there, I'm going to turn that joint out, I'm in it. But what I've learned is the reason why people have so many faith failures is because they don't have a leading. They go do stuff there's no leading to do. Are you understand what I'm saying? And so if people would really wait for the leading. Remember when, he, when the Apostle Paul, uh, the woman who, who was uh, possessed with the spirit of divination, the Bible says she came to them for many days saying, these are the men of the Most High God who came to show us the way. The Bible says she did that for many days. And then one day, finally, he got agitated, and he dealt with that spirit. It left her, and that's what landed him in jail. Are you understanding? Why did it take many days? You know it bothered him the first time she did it. He didn't have an unction. I'm telling you, if people would learn to follow the unction, they would have greater successes and not so many faith failures. Praying for stuff like they can go, you know, and override people's will. So I ask those questions. Why? Because I know that if I have a supply for you, you are joined to me. Then I have the ability to deal with things in your life. Because I am not the shepherd, but I am an under shepherd. And I have authority in Christ's name to deal with certain things that come against your life. So when I've had to face some of my toughest situations, I didn't go on Facebook and say, everybody, could you pray for me? I called my joint. <laughs> and I said, hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what's happening. And every time she will tell you, he'll say, I'll call you back. <laughs> and I know what that means. What that means is, I'm about to get before the throne. Because remember Paul said, uh, um, was it Epaphroditus was dying? And remember Paul said, Lord, he's profitable unto me. I need him. He said, and the Lord spared him. <laughs> because I needed him. And so I'm going to send him back to y'all, scoundrels. This time, don't wear him out. <laughs> if you study the story, that's what he's saying. He said, look, I'm going to send him back to y'all. But this dude almost died messing around with y'all. So do me a favor. Take it easy on him. Do your part so he don't have to take up the slack for you because I need him and he almost died. This is what he meant when he said, I would not have you ignorant. These are spiritual things. And, and, and like I said, the people that are connected, those that are really connected, they've seen things in their life and experienced that flow from the joint. Without me, nothing to do a thing. Because God sees that. 
He would be an unjust God if he didn't reward you. Are you understanding? And so now when we, <laughs> we're okay. So, so then when we see how this guy forced himself or joined himself in a place for where he shouldn't be, look out for your joinings and take care of them. Bless them, love them, hold them, value them, treat them like a pearl with great price. Recognize where you're connected. Because I'm telling you, the supply is for you. It's unprofitable for you, not them. Because the truth of the matter is, God will make another person that looks just like you and send them to take over the joint you were supposed to. I remember, uh, can I take you one more place? Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Let's put in the uh, message. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting, heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't it somehow he says ill-fitting? See, when you join yourself places you aren't supposed to be, it, it don't fit right. It just, it doesn't fit. The Living Bible says it this way. I don't think they have that back there, which they should. But it says, let me teach you. No, it says, uh, come to me and I will give you rest. All of you who work so hard beneath a heavy yoke. Now watch what he says. Wear my yoke. For it fits perfectly. See, <clears throat> this makes more sense when you read Isaiah 10.27 in the NIV. And I promise you I'm done. Isaiah 10.27 in the NIV. Isaiah 10.27. NIV. Come on, y'all. I don't have a lot of time. Help me out. All right, there, <laughs> you got it? There you go. In that day, their burden shall be lifted from your shoulders, their yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because you have grown. You know what he's saying? The yoke don't fit. You're too fat for that yoke. See, when you get out of your supply, the yoke is ill-fitting. It's uncomfortable because it's not where you were placed. That means the anointing is not there to break the wrong yoke because you're wearing the wrong yoke. But when you get in line with what he said, learn of me and I'll put my yoke on you. My yoke is easy. My yoke fits properly. So many people are struggling being choked out. Because they're the fattest kid in the room with the smallest yoke around their neck. <laughs> and they're wondering why they can't breathe. <laughs> they got the wrong yoke. And when you are in your joining, when you're in your place, it fits. It fits properly. It's like, it's like poorly fitting shoes. Ladies, you know what I'm talking about when them, them heels. 
Y'all be going for fashion over function. <laughs> and then by, you know, you, you, first time you wear them. You know, once they get broken in, they're good, right? But the first time you wear them, you have to like this. <laughs> like, what's wrong with her? Ooh, child, my dogs is barking. Well, we know, they're ill-fitting. <laughs> but I told you get no 20-inch heels with fish bowls in the bottom of them. But anyway, let's pray. You want to? I think you got it. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, I know where my joint is. Look at somebody else, tell them the same thing. I know where my joint is. I'm going to get my supply. I'm going to get my supply. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we just thank you for all that you have done, all that you have said. That Help us to discern and understand, to put the pieces together in a way that makes sense for us, that we are able to walk in the light that you're bringing to us, that you're helping us to discern and to understand our joinings, our connections, where we are fit. The, the best place to resolve all of our challenges, problems, and issues in life is to be connected in the right spot where the healing anointing is present, the, the anointing to prosper is present, the, the things that we need, whatever it is, that we can receive those things from you and through our supply. We know that you obviously can work individually in our lives. We understand that. But we also know that as we connect ourselves and we are part of the body, there is an anointing, there is a supply, there is an unction that comes with that. And so we thank you that you are moving in our midst. We give you all the praise, all the glory. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Sure love you guys.